Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sports cards investor and maximize those gains. My name is Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor, and professional wrestling fan. Hope you enjoy the new intro at the top. Uh, Dropped that last week. Have a lovely lady uh, doing the intro, adding a little bit of production value, some sizzling, some sauce on that. Um, Tell me what you think. You know, I something I decided I will be doing things like that as we move forward and this this puppy begins to grow. Um, So, yeah, let me know what you think. I want to kick things off today by talking about some really positive news that impacts the hobby just in general, and that's the return of the NBA. I know everybody has been waiting with bated breath and trying to see some updates and news. And there's been rumor and innuendo and people have been speculating on what they think is going to happen and when the NBA is going to return. Well, I think we all saw those tweets and those notifications hit our smartphones this past week where looks like July 31st is the speculative date. Obviously, there is, um, you know, my group text threads were blowing up saying NBA is going to return on the 31st. Yay, NBA, yay, NBA. Everyone was popping champagne. And I said, I'm excited, but there's a caveat. And the caveat has to do with the testing and the health and figuring that all out. With that being said, I think we can all be excited now that we do have a target date and we can be optimistic that the testing plans will be in place. Um, so, so excited about the NBA return as I'm a massive NBA guy and I spend a majority of my time in the hobby on NBA. So it's super fun to think about how cards are going to impact the return of the NBA, which the market's insane right now. And um, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen next. So. What I'm going to do is on the Friday episode, which I have had conversations with the past two Fridays, hope you've enjoyed those. One with my brother, one with Chris Keller from Top Shelf Breaks, awesome dude. I am putting a pause on the conversations this week. We'll start those back up. I hope you enjoyed those. But on Friday, I'm going to just do a deep dive on the NBA potential return how I'm thinking about cards, what I am doing, and just share those insights. And hopefully that can begin to start a conversation about what you're doing. So Friday, make sure you listen. It's going to be all NBA all the time. And I am super fired up. All right. So I think, you know, a couple housekeeping things I always like to take care of, right? Social media, got to plug that social. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stacking Slabs. Follow me, DM me, at mention me. Let's start a conversation. I'm super accessible. The one thing I'm not accessible on is when you slide into my Instagram DMs trying to solicit me on break spots, raz spots, buying anything you're selling. If I don't know you, 
or we haven't engaged in the past and I don't follow you, I'm probably not going to join your break and give you 60 bucks to go join your your uh, break because you're desperate and you need another spot. I don't want to come across as too aggressive on this one. I like to keep thing po- things positive. I got to keep things 100 right now. That's not helpful for anybody. And I know I'm sidetracking here. I'm doing housekeeping and I'm getting a little fired up. I think there's a way that you need to communicate with people in the hobby and there's expectations and that's not helpful. And that's like my scotch tape for the week. I can't tell you how many people slid into the DMs. I'm just going to block you. That's not helpful. Um, So don't do that. If you're out there doing breaks, more power to you. Build your community. Build your brand. Don't slide into people's DMs. That's not helpful. Anyways, hit the subscribe button if you like what you're hearing on Stacking Slabs. Leave that review. That's so helpful. I appreciate those things. Okay, so let's jump right in. Content shoutouts. There is just so much information right now. I mean, if you're getting back into the hobby and you're new and you're trying to be a student, there's just so much, so many resources, so many good people to connect with. I'm going to share just from my past week some of the things that I'm liking and what's been helpful for me. Okay, so the daily hobby, I plugged it last week, but I really can't think of a better resource right now to get a holistic view of everything that's being published, videos, podcasts like Stacking Slabs. Shout out to the daily hobby for continuing to plug content here. I appreciate that. But Daily Hobby's great. I mean, it is an easy way to start your day and to, before you're signing on at work or in the middle of lunch, just to check out what's happening, right? You don't need to digest every article that's being published, but if a headline catches you, go dive in and read it. It's going to make you a better sport card and collector and investor. And that's what I like so much about what the Daily Hobby is doing. They're consolidating all of the sources and giving it to you in one place. Go check out the dailyhobby.com. Follow Daily Hobby on all the social channels. Got a shout out to someone who has been around for a while that I feel like I'm late to the party on. Um, John Newman with Sports Card Nation. I, um, you know, he hit me with a follow on Twitter and I've been following him and finally got around to listening to uh, his last couple episodes of his podcast. And I think what I like a lot about John is John is a humble guy, which is interesting Uh, from what I gather, a humble guy. um, He's a New Yorker, um, which that might be a little oxymoron, not not trying to um, not trying to discount anyone from the Big Apple. I love the people from the Big Apple. Spent a lot of my career in Manhattan working with enterprise salespeople from Manhattan, and they're just a different breed, right? It's a different mentality and state of mind. Um, I love the big city, but uh, John is just has this experience and this knowledge. He used to write at Tough Stuff back in the day, and shout out Tough Stuff that got my. Uh, my uh, warm fuzzies going when I learned that he wrote at Tough Stuff because I was a subscriber. I got Tough Stuff all the time. I honestly, I think I enjoyed Tough Stuff from front to back a little more than Beckett back in the day, which might be um, atypical. However, I just 
I just, it would seem like there was more, there's more of what I wanted in tough stuff. So John used to write for tough stuff. He's doing an awesome job on his podcast. You can tell that he's been at the game for a while. He's kind of one of the first to market. He's got guests. He's got a great format. He's got segments. He's got production value. Um, there's some nice little uh, Seinfeld references in there. And, you know, he's jumping in, having conversations with some of those artists on Tops Project 2020 and giving his perspective on Tops Project 2020. And for me, hearing people like John's perspective and talking with the artists is super helpful. I know, you know, House of Jordan's another shout out. They've been talking about Project 2020. Um, I know Ty from Breaker Culture has been talking a lot about Tops Project 2020. That is what is probably the most important thing happening or the most buzzworthy thing happening in the hobby right now. For me, you know, I've shared on this uh, podcast that, you know, I'm not like baseball is out of, you know, the major sports. Baseball is definitely my third, right? I'm just, I'm from Indianapolis. We don't have a baseball team. I've collected baseball cards in my life and followed the sport, but that sports cards and things like Tops Project 2020, things like Bowman, things like, um, you know, these rookies um, that people are collecting, that's getting me back into baseball, which is crazy. Um, but anyways, shout out to um, John Newman and, and the Sport Card Nation podcast. Go check it out. Just on another note with baseball, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, Jason Dominguez and the hype around this kid that's 17 and me getting back into um, baseball a little bit. I think it's been fun for me. Um, you cannot open up a social feed without seeing a Jason Dominguez card right now. Um, and there's so much hype around this kid, which is nuts. I made the joke of, is this guy even real? Is this kid real? Or is he just someone that was created by the hype gods to pump up baseball product and value and get people buzzing? A little bit of a joke, but I think it's been fun for me to try to get back into baseball through awesome resources and all you collecting out there and posting your pictures on Instagram. So keep plugging away. Another article I, I read was why the sports card industry has not reached its peak. Again, it was a mainstream article it was from Chris Kaysen at Forbes, which again, last week I talked about the Mike Trout $900,000 card being sold and how that was covered on an outlet like the Today Show. I know uh, Chris Keller broke it down even further in our conversation with how the news media picks up stories and how we can expect more of that moving forward. But you're seeing outlets like Forbes cover sports cards um, that should show you where the market in the industry is right now. What I can tell you is there's probably not a a a worse place to read articles online than the Forbes platform. I mean, it is brutal. Like the ads and the scrolling and the user experience is just the worst. It's terrible. We've all felt that. We've all read a Forbes article. It's just really poor. But anyways, this article, I somehow made it through um, dodging pop-up ads and, um, you know, all that fun stuff. But, you know, it aligns with a lot of the conversation and narrative that is talking about why sports cards are booming right now. You've talked about COVID, talking about breaks, and all of this, um, talking about the lottery, 
lottery feeling of ripping packs, all this stuff that is consistent and stuff that I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this isn't why this hobby is booming right now, but I think there's a, but, and the, but for me is something that isn't being talked about enough. And that's the, the actual people that are jumping back in the hobby and the ripple effects of each person that is in their thirties that are jumping back into the hobby. Everybody's got friends and everybody's friends ripped packs of cards and collected cards. So now there's this element of not only this nostalgic feeling of getting a box of wax and ripping those packs and seeing what you're getting, which is so fun. But then there's this business side, right? There's this investment angle, which a lot of people who are getting back in the hobby and in their thirties are in business. Um, and so you've got this dynamic and this is how I'm feeling where it's, you know, how do I keep the nostalgic goggles on and rip packs and have fun, but also take it seriously and use this as an investment opportunity. I think this is the reason along with all these other factors of why this hobby is taking off and growing. But I feel, and I feel this because this is what's happening to me in my life. I am getting text messages from friends that I went to high school with that I'm that we haven't talked cards in forever, but they're listening to stacking slabs and they're getting back and they're showing me pictures of cards that they that they got out of a pack that they of opening day that they ripped at retail. And this is electric, right? So I, it excites me. It's just another topic to talk to with your friends and family. And it's a it's a damn good topic, right? Sports cards. It makes me happy. It should make you happy. So that's one thing I thought in Chris's article that I just wanted to call out is just people where they're at in life and how cards have grown to be a part of our youth or that were a part of our youth and now have grown to be a part of our mid thirties to forties, whatever the age gap is. Um, so that article really got me thinking couple other things. Obviously, I love to always plug away on professional wrestling. So got to give a couple shout outs here. So number one, Pete Rosenberg on Cheap Heat podcast. Sweet Pete. I've been listening to Pete do his thing on Cheap Heat for years on end. And um, he's just a great, um, great media, media voice in professional wrestling and um, the hip hop community and, and love what he does. Man. There's there's not anything I probably love more than what I list, heard, heard this week when I t- turned into Cheap Heat. Pete did an interview with The Undertaker. Yes, the dead man. Yes, Mark Calloway himself. And it was fantastic. It's so fun to get The Undertaker's voice after he stayed in kayfabe for all of these years. If, you, if you're not up to speed, they released The Last Ride, kind of similar to The Last Dance. Wink, wink, point, point. Um, on the WWE Network, and really, it's a series running through the Undertaker's um, life and what's happening on the late stages of his career. And it's really the first time ever that Undertaker has given access to who he is as Mark Calloway, the person, and not the character of the Undertaker. So now he's doing a little media circuit. He jumped on the Heat, Cheap Heat podcast and talked with Pete. And as a wrestling nerd and wrestling fan. The questions Pete asked were so good. I wish they could have talked forever, but go check that out if you want to learn learn a little bit about the real man behind the dead man. Also, I know I talk about AEW a lot. That's just because it, it makes me happy, and it's 
kind of built and bred for people of my age range right now. And Tony Khan's doing a hell of a job as um, the uh, the owner of that promotion because he is of my age and mindset, and he's just bringing these stories to life. But I got it when when I when I got to give credit where credit's due. And on WWE proper on the Raw brand, Seth Rollins, you are killing it right now. So Rollins has had just these crazy ebbs and flows in his career. And again, pound for pound, there's really not a better. Um, I talked about Kenny Omega on the AEW side, dream match, Kenny Omega versus Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins is just a workhorse and just unbelievable. He's also, um, you know, Becky Lynch's better half, and they just announced that they're expecting. So that's super cool. And by the way, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch's child, I can't ever remember a child being produced by two a top guy and a top gal. That child is destined, either male or female, to be the next WWE champ, and I can't wait to watch that kid hit the ropes. But anyways, Rollins has got this new character, right? He's this cult leader and the Monday Night Messiah, and now it's had a couple turns and iterations, but he's got Buddy or Murphy, whatever they're calling him now, Buddy Murphy, who's one of the most talented young performers who I didn't think was getting a good shake. And he's brought in Austin Theory. And Austin Theory is a young, young kid dedicated to the business, getting a spot early in his career, probably earlier than he expected. I saw this kid wrestle on the indies in front of, you know, 100 people. He's got the look. Austin Theory is going to be one of the next big names you see. But Rollins is just dedicated to his character, and he's killing me on a, on a weekly basis. So I wanted to shout out to Seth Rollins. All right, giveaway. We went one week without a giveaway. We're bringing it back, y'all. Um, we had that Steve Kerr giveaway. And as we're having the NBA coming back, I'm trying to think to myself, like, how can I get an, another giveaway going and fire people up and fire myself up? Because it's the NBA season. So what I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of cards. And what is going to happen is I've got a lot of cards and I'm going to just, I'm going to run th- through what these cards are on the giveaway. And each week that we go without getting a firm update on when the NBA is expected to start, I'm going to add another card. Okay. So this lot is going to grow. So you're going to get, you're going to get, um, by the end of this, you're going to get some cards, which is awesome. So the, the lot of cards is going to start off first with, um, three cards. So the cards are, excuse me, four cards. So the cards that are going to start this giveaway, I'm going to tell you how you can enter, okay? But I'm going to tell you the cards first. First card on here is a Tyler Hero Prism Mosaic NBA debut. Tyler Hero Prism Mosaic review or debut, excuse me. We've also got a Kobe White Don Russ rated rookie. I'm hitting you guys with some rookies. Don't you worry. Um, we've got, I can't do a giveaway without making my, my guy a part of this. We're giving away a Siku Dumboye optic, another rookie. Now we're going to close it out with a veteran. We're doing a Chris Paul Panini prism silver boy. So those four cards, this lot is going to grow each week that passes by without a firm update on the NBA. So you can enter this way. Everyone 
who follows Stacking Slabs on, let's see here, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok will be entered to win. So if you follow Stacking Slabs starting on Wednesday when this episode drops, you're going to be entered. You can also enter and get your get your spot name added three more times if you tweet at Stacking Slabs showing me that you subscribed and tagging two other people. Okay, so here we go again. If you follow Stacking Slabs on those social media platforms starting Wednesday, you will be entered. So basically, I'll just see everyone who followed put you in the contest. You can be entered three more times. You get your name on the randomizer. Three more times. If you tweet at Stacking Slabs showing a screenshot that you subscribe to the show and tagging two of your friends. I'll add a new card each week. It's going to be a ton of fun. Good luck. Okay, so music real quick. Woods, strange to explain. Woods is one of my favorite freaking bands ever. They have a new album coming out. It's easy listening. One of their most accessible albums to date. Go check out Woods on their own label, Woodsis. Great album. Great for the summertime. Weekly purchases. All right. So I had a couple, uh, I had a heavy hitter hit my uh, mailbox this week. I'm going to save it for last, but let me run through these real quick. Chris Paul tops pristine BGS nine for 20 bucks. I've talked a lot about why I like Chris Paul, why I'm buying him up. He's the head of the players union. His his voice is gonna, name is going to be associated with the return. He's one of the top 10 greatest point guards of all time. I think from a long-term perspective, I am not buying Chris Paul up now to go flip Chris Paul once the playoffs start. I'm buying Chris Paul up right now because I think his cards are undervalued and I, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he's one of the top 10 greatest point guards of all time, in my opinion. 20 bucks on a, on a nine all day long rookie card. I got a beautiful card, a 2017-2018 Kyle Kuzma Prism Hyper BGS 9.5 for $65. So Kuzma is a short-term investment play for me. I believe the Lakers have one of the best shot, if not the best shot, of winning the NBA Finals. I believe that cards are of... Guys like Kuzma, our cards are going to go up. If you're in the finals, you're going to win it. So I'm I'm big on Kuzma. I, I that's that shouldn't be new news to anybody. Another Chris Paul card. I got his upper deck reflections. It's numbered six twenty six of fourteen ninety nine. BGS nine point five for forty bucks. To me, a numbered rookie card for forty bucks at a nine point five uh, clip was worth. 40 bucks, especially if I'm buying up Chris Paul. I'll take photos of these cards, show them on Instagram. It's a great car. I bought, I went against the grain of what I'm talking about a lot on the mosaic side. Um, but I bought a, a CQ mosaic silver for 20 bucks raw. Um, I did this because I'm just a CQ guy, man. I, I'm, I'm in him. I, 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 I don't know. I got itchy and, and bought that card. Um, I'm going to get it graded. It came to me. It looks great. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a really slick card. I'm not buying Mosaic one-off 
or I'm not spending the money to buy, um, you know, mosaic hobby boxes at now. I'm avoiding the hype, but for whatever reason, just because I needed to add them to, to my uh, collection, I bought the mosaic silver. Peyton Manning, three Collector's Edge rookies for 10 bucks. I know Collector's Edge is kind of defunct, but it's a Manning rookie. I got three of them in good shape for 10 bucks. I also got his Peyton Stadium Club Prime for $7.99 rookie raw. So that's it, but I would be remiss. The biggest card that I received was a big boy purchase, and that was a Ja Morant Prism Variation Fast Break BGS 9.5. I, I, I pulled out the cash. I paid $345 for it. I'll tell you why. I am a long-term Ja Morant collector. I believe he is going to be one of the faces of the NBA for a very, very long time. He is ushering in on the NBA side right behind Zion Williamson, this new age crop of collectors. There are kids and people and people like me, all different age ranges that are entering the hobby this year right now. And John Morant, he is the sexy card and pickup. So for me, because I'm a believer in John Morant, I broke the bank. I love the the card. I love. I love the variation. He's doing the layup. The fast breaks are just gorgeous card. It's a prism. God, the prisms are just the real deal. So I needed to step my jaw collection up. So I spent the money on it. But again, this is a longer term play. In my episode on Friday, I'm going to talk all things NBA. I'm going to talk about long-term, mid-term, and short-term plays. Um, but that card is just money, and I love it. And I posted it on Instagram. It should already be on there, so go check it out. Okie dokie. So we're going to get into it, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some submissions I did. One, I finally got an update from PSA. so I'm. Involved in the process on the first six cards I submitted. They're under review right now. So I'm in that process. That one included um, Jarrett Stidman, Red Cracked Ice, a uh, Zion uh, Prism Base, Zion Hoops. Um, what else? Two Jordans, 95 Scoring Kings, and um, um, 95 Warp Speed. And somebody, something else I can't remember. Anyways, those cards are submitted. They're being graded. So the it took about a month for me to get a communication from them post-send. So I will document by the end of this how long it took. Again, I'm, I'm a patient man when it comes to grading. You got to be patient in this hobby. And there's a lot going on with those grading companies. So I am willing to wait. The other thing I did this week was submit to BGS. A big I, I submitted and it was I think it turned out to be 18 cards. A easy process. The thing I like about BGS is the fact that I have a point of contact and so I have someone that I can go to. Um if I have questions on my submission, I gave him tracking and it just feels good to have that touch point. Um we'll see how this goes and how I get it back. I did a 30-day submission for 18 cards. You know, a lot of Dante uh, DiVincenzo, a lot of CQ, a ton of Manning, a ton of Chris Paul, some Zion, 
Um, and then I think I had a, a couple Ja and Giannis cards in there. So we'll report back on that. I do like the fact that I'm, I'm, I have a point of contact. It was a pretty easy experience, a little different from PSA. So if you got questions on PSA, you got questions on BGS submissions, hit me up. I'm I'm willing and happy uh, to help. Okay, so let's get into the topic at hand. And I think the topic at hand for me is really um, looking at the product lines, because I don't think the product lines are necessarily something that are being talked about from a new people entering the hobby perspective. And so that's something that I just wanted to uh, shed a little light on right now and wanted to talk about that from uh, the perspective of what you should be doing. And let's talk about the Mosaic release. Okay. So there's been a ton of excitement around Mosaic. I think that's undeniable based on just basketball cards you name it this was like one of the first releases that had come out post like explosion so people are like people are just trying to gobble it up people are trying to figure out what to do there's been the controversy with the distribution there's been people seeing in retail there's been a lot of people ripping wax there's been a lot of people posting and selling cards and trying to make a quick profit on this. And that's all good and gravy. And you are allowed to do whatever you want. You are allowed if you go into a Walmart and you see a new display of Mosaic, you're allowed to go buy all the product. This is America. All the purists, you got to deal with it. I can't tell you how many people I've made since the last recording, probably one too many uh, trips to... Uh, Walmart and Target and see nothing laid the goose egg and that's completely all right and that that's something that I think for me I'm just got to deal with because I know other people on the other side of it are buying everything it turns out like I if I were that person I'd be buying everything and you know what my brother bought everything and there that's something I missed out earlier I had a birthday this past week it was awesome my brother found a load of mosaic and he gave me uh three of the uh blaster boxes for christmas got a rip mosaic first time ripping mosaic in a while um or this product ever uh, but first time ripping nba in a while and it was totally fun i also got this dope stacking slabs jacket so if you see me posting on instagram or tiktok wearing the jacket that was a gift from my brother and sister and it will it's one of my favorite gifts ever. It's just great. I love it. Um, so just with the excitement of the new releases, like I get it, right? There's just competing thoughts and mentality. But what I want to get into really is like a product like Mosaic. Thinking about the money being spent on Mosaic in terms of the cards and the value on the other side and just do a quick little case study on prices. And I think the best place to start on that is to think about um, not necessarily like a rookie like John Morant or maybe even uh, you know a, a, a last year guy like Luca, but like thinking about three years back. And as I was trying to prepare and think about, all right, who is someone that I can look at player wise from you know three to four years back that has had cards over a period of time in each of the premier, which I'll classify premier 
um, Panini lines. And let's look at the value of those cards and talk about it because with the release of the Mosaic, I think it, it's something that I haven't heard being talked about but should be talked about because it, it needs to be something that gives new collectors some perspective on where product lines fall into in the grand scheme of things, especially associated with the value of the prices. So the player we're going to look at, and I'm going to talk a lot about this guy, and so I got to re- refrain in the Friday episode, so make sure you listen to that. We're going to talk about Jason Tatum's cards. And we're going to talk about Jason Tatum's rookie cards from the perspective of his Prism Silver, his Optic Hollow, his Select Silver, and then his Mosaic Silver. And we're going to talk about the prices that this week those cards sold for on eBay. Okay. Now, what I'm not trying to do here, and I know there's, I'm not, this isn't absolute and this isn't the truth for everybody and everything, but I'm just trying to give people perspectives. I posted on this just as kind of a wide teaser on my TikTok. There's a TikTok video that I have um, with, if you're looking at my accounts to at stacking slabs, it's in the thumbnails. You'll see a Jason Tatum card. I got some comments on it. A lot of people were positive on it. Some people said, you know what? I don't really think it's fair that you can compare and contrast these lines. Mosaic was different. It wasn't retail. It was hobby only when Tatum was a rookie. That's fair. That's a fair, um, fair feedback. Um, but I think, you know, for me, this is the work that I've done. And if you want to, if that's an issue and you want to dig in deeper and don't think what I'm going to say matters or you don't believe it, then don't listen, right? Don't listen. I'm, I'm just here to try to, share what I'm seeing. And so what we're going to do is look at those lines because to, in my opinion, outside of the, um, outside of, you know, the, the, you know, no R's and the, uh, immaculates and the national treasure or whatever, those are the types of cards that really are being transacted on and the things that people are selling. So let's first look at the uh 2017-2018 mosaic tatum this card sold silver sold last week for $67 so to me that's like super affordable if you're trying to get in on tatum and you want one of his rookie cards these are raw by the way these are raw prices but that's what his mosaic card is going to cost you 67 bucks, which I think, you know, again, I'm going to refrain myself on overall opinions on Tatum, but I think that's an easy entry point. It's a good way to get involved with Jason Tatum. That's what his mosaic is 67. Now looking at his silver, uh, select silver, his select silver raw sold for $133 this week. So you can start to see the separation on product, different products and cards. And to me, that's a big jump, right? Buying a, spending, you know, over double on a select card than you do on a mosaic. But that shows you the importance of those cards in the, or the, that product to the mass market and collectors. And I do think that like, Right now, with the way things are moving, these types of um, product line, even if it's from three years ago, holds true across um, two years ago and even this year. 
maybe not mosaic this year because there's a lot of hype on it and people are buying it up. But that's the point of what I'm trying to tell you here is like, maybe you should pump the gas on buying that silver Zion right now, because on the backside of it, your money could be better invested in his select. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get people to think like from that perspective. So select silver 133, then the price starts to jump. And this isn't, it shouldn't be a shocker. I think a lot of people in the hobby, myself included, thinks that the optic has solidified that second spot among uh, investors and collectors. And Tatum's rookie shows that his raw optic hollow sold for $269.99 this past week. So again, a, a almost double jump from the select, which is crazy. The card rules. Um, I love that card. I, I'm I'm literally trying to buy it up now. Um, so that shows you where the optic hollow is. Now let's take the leap, right? So we're even almost just under, but almost doubling up again. So for $435 this week, the Jason Tatum Prism Silver sold raw, which is right. The Prism Silver, that's it, right? That's the card. And but this data just on one player shows you the separation of each of those product lines at this point three years later. I think those are the things we all need to be talking more about as collectors and investors. Those are the things that I think new people entering the hobby might not see or understand. The amount of cards that are being transacted on right now are, it's at an all-time high. It's wild and new people are entering the hobby and people are just throwing their bank accounts and debit cards at Mosaic release. And believe me, if I walk into Walmart and I see a Mosaic display and there's product on there, I'm buying it all. And to be honest with you, I'm not a wax holder. I know some of you, more power to you if you have that discipline. If I'm buying some uh, some wax, I'm ripping that stuff, right? I'm ripping it, especially if it's in retail. So buy all you can get in retail. It's affordable. I like it. What I don't like is just paying the crazy dollars to buy a box of wax with on Mosaic. Say it's $600 and you're looking down the road and the Jason Tatum, which is, in my opinion, the rookie, like that is the rookie I'm buying up from, from that year. And his silver mosaic only is selling for 67. That doesn't really add up to me. So trying to bring awareness to make sure when you're investing in players, you're taking the product lines into account. We all might not be able to afford the prism silver and maybe the optic hollow is too much, but then maybe you might want to start looking at the select, right? The select trending upward. Those are just the types of things I'm trying to encourage all of you out there to start thinking about as you're building your PCs and building your portfolio. Covered a lot of ground there. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I'll be talking more about product line specific from an investment perspective moving forward. Make sure you tune in on Friday. I'm, I'm diving in deep on NBA. I'm going to talk a lot about my strategy and what I'm doing and what I like. So I'd love for you all to check that out and let's start a conversation from there. Definitely follow Stacking Slabs on all of your favorite social media channels that you spend time on. Hit that subscribe button. Leave that five-star review. Enter the giveaway. There's so much fun stuff going on right now. But most importantly, be safe. Happy investing, happy collecting. Take it easy out there.